Stay tuned for another sports presentation on the worldwide leader of Marshall University Athletics coverage, the Cutting Edge Sports Radio It's time for Herd Roundup, your weekly look back at Thundering Herd Athletics. And now this week's edition of Herd Roundup. Hello and welcome, and thank you for joining us for Herd Roundup. I'm John Bogus, and today several members of the FM88 sports staff have packages recapping the week that was in Marshall Athletics, and I will be discussing various, top, various topics with my co-hosts, Ray Reinierson and Tyler Pittman. First on today's edition of Herd Roundup, the Marshall tennis team competed in three matches in Illinois over the weekend. The Herd started in Chicago Friday against Northwestern and fell 7-0. Despite the loss, the doubles pairing of Johanna Strom and Emma Vanderhayden picked up a victory against number 48-ranked pairing of Christina Hand and Justin, Justine Leone. Saturday, the team then traveled to Bloomington and defeated Illinois State 40, uh, sorry, 4-3. The Herd got the double, doubles point with victories from the pairing of Sophia Hurrion and Isling McGrain and the pairing of Gabrielle Clariot and Wright Geiler. In singles action, Wright Geiler and Isling McGrain picked up victories with Sophia Hurrion closing out the victory in a three-set victory that was decided in a tiebreak. The Herd finished competition Sunday in Champaign with a 4-0 loss to Illinois. Head coach John Mercer said the weekend was a battle and should prepare them well for conference play. The Herd, who now holds a 9-4 record, will play its final non-conference match tomorrow on the road against Maryland at 10 a.m. Saturday, the Marshall Swimming and Diving team finished its first Sunbelt Conference Championships appearance. FM88 Sports, Ben Anderson has the recap. On February 18th, Marshall Swimming and Diving concluded the Sunbelt Conference Championships in the team's first season in the conference. The Thundering Herd would finish second out of four teams with a total score of 779.5 points. Marshall would earn two victories in day one in the team diving event in the squad of Molly Warner, Madeline Hart, Audrey West, and Esther LeBon, becoming the first conference championship winning relay team in program history in the 800 freestyle relay. Day two would be led by Esther LeBon winning the 500 freestyle and junior diver Grace Kelschmeyer, placing second in a three-meter dive with a score of 301.85, becoming only the second dive in program history to break the 300 mark. Kelschmeyer says that she would have not made history if it wasn't for the support of Marshall University. It was a really awesome experience. I couldn't do anything of that without the help of my teammates and my coaches and all of our support, but I was happy to contribute points to the team and just have the opportunity to be there with Marshall. Day three would be led by Kelschmeyer breaking the school record in the one-meter dive and senior Paige Banton winning the 100-meter breaststroke and setting a new school in Sunbelt Conference record with a time of one minute and 1.36 seconds. Banton says that winning gold was an emotional experience that she'll cherish forever. It was a little overwhelming, I gotta say. It kind of just all really happened at once, and then once it starts like you just keep going, but I was really exciting like I touched the wall and I didn't even believe that I got first at the start because I was like whoa no way especially because our times were so close together between myself and second place but now once I got onto the podium it kind of hit me a little bit more. The Thundering Herd would finish the championships with four gold medals and sending three athletes to the NCAA preliminaries. Ben says that she is proud of the team's performance in its first Sunbelt Conference championships. We definitely put our best foot forward like everyone did an amazing job it really showed the depth of our program and how far we've grown from especially my freshman year. We had multiple 
single individual podium finishes. They've always been less than our relay finishes. So that was great in that aspect. Marshall Swimming and Diving will have three athletes in the NCAA championships with Esther LeBond and Molly Warner in the 400 individual medley and Grace Kelschmeyer in the 1-meter and 3-meter dive. For FM88 Sports, I'm Ben Anderson. Thanks, Ben. The NCAA Diving Championships begin on March 11th, and the Swimming and Diving Championships start on March 20th. Now, to talk about volleyball news, the Marshall volleyball team announced its 2024 spring schedule Tuesday. It will play two matches at home against Eastern Eastern Kentucky University on March 29th and West Virginia State on March 30th. It will also play two matches on the road against Wright State April 6th and Kiva on April 13th. Also on top of that, Marshall's Bryn Brown will represent herd volleyball at the U.S. Women's National Team Open Program in Cairo Springs. The event will take place from February 23rd to 25th. We'll take a break. When we return, we'll have recaps and discussion and, and discussion of both Marshall men's and women's basketball. You're listening to Herd Roundup on the Cutting Edge Sports Radio Network. A bug in the kitchen. You probably think it's a little thing. Yet studies show that cockroaches are a significant factor in childhood asthma. West Nile virus, Lyme disease, and encephalitis are all transmitted by common pests. And while some 365,000 homes will be struck by fire this year, 2 million will be damaged by termites. Maybe it's time to take a closer look at who's sharing your home with you. For more information, visit pestworld.org. Here's your cappuccino, miss. Great, thanks. Coffee with cream? Look, almost half of all new STD infections are among young people 15 to 24 years old. Yet most infections have no symptoms. The only way to know for sure is to be tested. So GYT, get yourself tested. Visit GYTnow.org to find an STD testing location near you. A message from CDC. This is the story of Daniel, who was born two months early. His lungs weren't ready. His heart wasn't ready. His parents could only hope that one day he would leave the hospital healthy, and they would all live happily ever after. Daniel's is just one of the more than 500,000 stories of babies born prematurely last year. You can help the March of Dimes stop premature birth and bring more babies home healthy. Learn how at marchofdimes.com. Working together for stronger, healthier babies. We all share a common journey. We wanted to serve our country and protect the things we love. But for some of us, coming home was more of a challenge than we expected. In the service, we had each other's backs. But as veterans, it can sometimes feel like we're all alone. For confidential support, call 1-800-273-8255 and press 1. Chat at VeteransCrisisLine.net or text 838-255. Hi, I'm Marshall Softball Head Coach Morgan Zirkle, and you're listening to the worldwide leader in Marshall Athletics coverage, the Cutting Edge Sports Radio Network. Welcome back to Herd Roundup, the only program on air that recaps and discusses the week that was in Marshall Athletics. I'm John Bogus. I'm Tyler Pittman. And I'm Ray Reinierson. The Marshall men's basketball team faced Coastal Carolina Saturday and was defeated 74-67. to The team was down by double digits in the second half and nearly rallied for a comeback. Voyles led in scoring with 15 points and had 6 assists. Wyatt Fricks 
off the bench also had 14 points and 8 rebounds. In the first half, Fricks had a three-pointer that gave Marshall an 18-8 lead and capped a 15-0 run for Marshall. The Marshall Thundering Herd men's basketball team then returned to the Cam Henderson Wednesday to face the James Madison Dukes. FM88 Sports' John Bogus has the recap. After an off week and a three-game road stretch, the Marshall Thundering Herd men's basketball team competed in the Cam Henderson Center for the first time in 18 days. The homecoming resulted in a tough loss to the James Madison Dukes, 84-58. Marshall would take the first points of the game with a three-pointer from Jacob Connor, assisted by Camden Kerfman. Finds it open, Camden Kerfman in the paint, who kicks it outside, shot clock down to seven, three ball for number four, Jacob Connor. Sinks the first shot. Marshall would struggle to capitalize off its early momentum, allowing JMU to go on an 11-0 scoring run following Connor's three. Seven of those points for JMU would come from forward Julian Wooden, who finished a scoring run with a fast-break layup in the paint. Loose the ball low. Wooden drives to the other end of the court for two. The Dukes now in double digits, 11-3. With less than five minutes to go in the first half, Marshall would cut JMU's lead to three after Nate Martin's and one free throw was good. JMU would quickly build its lead back up, though, finishing the half with a 12-point lead over Marshall, 39-27. Despite scoring the first points of the second half, Marshall would not be able to build enough momentum to come close to JMU. JMU extended its lead to 23 times in the second half, the third time coming from a dunk by forward T.J. Bickerstaff. And on the other other end of the court, an easy, unguarded dunk for T.J. Bickerstaff to put him up to 12 points this evening, 3 of 6 from the field. JMU would continue to hold off the herd in the final minutes, winning by a program record 26 points and keeping its second place standing in the Sunbelt Conference. Marshall, who now sits at 8th in the conference standings, had multiple multi-minute scoring droughts in the contest and only made 20 of its 64 shots. It also only managed to make four three-point shots, none of which were from Camden Kerfman, who is second in three-point field goals in the Sunbelt Conference. Coach Dan D'Antoni said in the FM88 Sports post-game show that the team didn't get the shots where it needed to be. Got to put it in the basket. We're not making plays when we have to. We get into the shots. Those are shots that they make. It just doesn't seem to be making. Got to the foul line two or three times. Didn't make shots. Despite the loss, Marshall forward Nate Martin recorded his 14th double-double of the season with 12 points and a career-high 16 rebounds. The Herd will look to end its current four-game slide Saturday at the Cam Henderson Center, but will have to get past a team who sits atop the Sunbelt Conference standings, App State. For FM 88 Sports, I'm John Baucus. Thanks, John. You can listen to coverage of Marshall versus App State right here on the Cutting Edge Sports Radio Network with the pregame show beginning at 5.30 p.m. The Marshall women's basketball team defeated the Old Dominion Monarchs Saturday on the road. FM 88 Sports. Jonathan Edwards has the recap. On Saturday, February 17th, the Marshall Thundering Herd women's basketball team defeated the Old Dominion Monarchs by a final score of 89-75. to Saturday's victory for Marshall marked its 13th Sunbelt victory of the year, improving its conference record to 13-1 and its overall record to 19-6. With the loss, Old Dominion drops to 9-5 in the Sunbelt and 18-7 overall. The visiting Thundering Herd spread the wealth offensively with five players scoring in the double digits. Leading the way for Marshall was Meredith Mayer with 16 points, followed by Abby B. 
Seaman and Aslan Hayes, both with 15. Brianna Campbell racked up 13, and Sydney Scott also put up 11. The crowd of 2,556 fans at the Chartway Arena in Norfolk, Virginia, witnessed two Sunbelt powerhouses battle it out in the first half, with Marshall only leading 33-31 to at halftime. The turning point in the game was the third quarter, a quarter in which Marshall outscored Old Dominion 32-12. to In the third quarter, Marshall shot 80% from the field, sinking 12 of 15 shots, hitting all four three-pointers. Marshall did not shoot under 40% from the field in any quarter on Saturday, which the same cannot be said about Old Dominion. The Monarchs shot 38% in the first quarter and 25% in the third. Four players for Old Dominion reached double digits in the losing effort, led by India Buford and Brenda Fontana, which both sank 16 points respectively. Simone Cunningham finished in third in terms of scoring for the Monarchs, with a 15-point, 10-rebound double-double. Old Dominion outscored Marshall in the paint 50-40 to on the afternoon, but Marshall had the upper hand in points off turnovers 33 to 23. Marshall also utilized its bench once again with 28 points coming from that department. This overshadows the mere nine points off the bench for Old Dominion. Both teams were efficient overall from the field with Marshall finishing the day shooting 55.9% and Old Dominion shooting 45.2%. With the victory, Marshall clinched a double bye in the upcoming Sunbelt tournament, but for now will continue its road trip on Wednesday, February 21st against Texas State at 8 p.m. Old Dominion, on the other hand, will aim to rebound from the loss by traveling to Boone, North Carolina to face off against Appalachian State. The Monarchs and Mountaineers will duke it out at 6.30 p.m. on Thursday, February 22nd. For FM 88 Sports, I'm Jonathan Edwards. Thanks, Jonathan. The Marshall women's basketball team then traveled to face Texas State for the first time and achieved a milestone in an 85-59 victory against the Bobcats. Marshall head coach... Kim Caldwell became the first head coach in program history to lead the team to 20 regular season wins as a first-year head coach. It was also the first time the team surpassed 20 regular season wins since the 1990-91 season. The herd held Texas State to only five points in the second quarter, scoring 27 of its own. The team also had a season-high 17 three-points, six of which were from Sidney Scott, who finished with 18 points overall. Abby Beeman also scored 18 points overall in the contest. Marshall still sits in first in the Sun Belt Conference and holds a 14-1 conference record. And I also know the Marshall women's basketball team has been pretty successful in three-point attempts. Ray, you want to talk about that a little more? Yeah, Marshall women's basketball currently ranks number one in the country in three-point attempts with 31.2 and number three in the nation in three-point three-point makes per game with 10.7. It just shows you how lethal this team really can be from behind the arc. Yeah, I mean, it's it's just been a really impressive season overall. Uh, having Kim Caldwell come in, first-year head coach, led a D2 program to a championship, and she's really turned this herd team around uh, from what we were able to see last season. Yeah, and just kind of as we've seen it all season, it kind of just speaks into what you can really see what her message is. She wants to be high tempo. She wants the ball moving up and down the court, whether it's defense and offense. And this is a team that's shooters. It lost its best um, scoring shooter, but that didn't affect this team. It's just going to show you how deep this team is. And we've seen it. The whole bench, rotation after rotation, it's always five people at a time. So this team's really deep, and every player contributes as it can. 
Yeah, well, just three more games to go left for the Marshall women's basketball team in its first season under head coach Kim Caldwell. We'll all just have to wait and see if they can finish it out strong with three more wins and hold on to that first place conference standing. We'll take a break. When we return, FM 88 Sports' Sean Kelly has a recap of Marshall softball. FM 88 Sports' Ben Anderson will have a recap of track and field, and we'll discuss Marshall baseball. You're listening to Herd Roundup on the Cutting Edge Sports Radio Network. The crying. The late night feedings. The crying. The constant diaper changes. The crying. The unending exhaustion. The crying. It's normal for healthy babies to cry, but if you've ever been around a baby who won't stop crying, you know there's potential to get frustrated. It's always okay to ask for help from a friend or a family member or to call a parent helpline. Just remember, it will get better. For more information, visit www.cdc.gov injury. A message from CDC. Did you know that many people who are infected with STDs show no symptoms? When left untreated, STDs can spread back and forth between partners. If your partner has recently been diagnosed with an STD, make sure you get tested too. Talk with your healthcare provider about STDs and testing. Visit gytnow.org to find an STD testing location near you. Remember, all STDs are treatable and most are curable. A message from CDC. I just wanted to eat like a normal human being, you know? Just something I could hold down without the horrible pain. Crohn's disease and ulcerative colitis are diseases that attack the digestive system. A feeding tube's not my idea of a good meal. At the Crohn's and Colitis Foundation of America, we're excited about the latest research. Then there was this new drug. Thousands of people are being treated with new drug therapies. Doc said it doesn't work for everyone, but I got lucky. To help, visit ccfa.org. Now I'm taking food the old-fashioned way. I'm eating it. I don't know if my wife's an alcoholic, but I'm starting to worry about her. She gets really hostile when she's drunk. The next day, she goes on like nothing happened, so we can't talk about it. A nurse suggested Al-Anon family groups. It was a great relief to find people who understand my situation. Are you troubled by someone's drinking? You might be surprised at what you can learn in an Al-Anon family group from people just like you. Call 1-888-4-ALANON or visit alanonfamilygroups.org. Hi, this is former Marshall defensive lineman Ryan B., and you're listening to the worldwide leader of Marshall Athletics coverage, the Cutting Edge Sports Radio Network. Welcome back to Herd Roundup, the only program on air that recaps the week that was in Marshall Athletics. I'm John Bogus. I'm Ray Ryan And I'm Tyler Pittman. Tuesday, the Marshall track and field team finished competition in the Sunbelt Conference Indoor Championships. FM 88 Sports, Ben Anderson has the recap. On February 20th, Marshall Track and Field made history in its second season in the Sunbelt Conference at the Conference Indoor Championships in Birmingham, Alabama. The men's team would finish 7th, and the women's team would have its best finish in program history in an indoor conference championship meet, finishing 4th with 61 points, breaking the record that was set in the 2021 Conference USA Indoor Championships when the team finished 6th with 50 points. Cross-country head coach Caleb Bowen says that the women's team's performance shows the potential that the team has moving forward. We came at the overall goal to be better than we ever happen and once again you never really know what you can do until you do it if you don't believe it's never going to happen so we pushed our girls to think that top three is possible and as you can tell like the scores were super close so hopefully they have a good understanding that they can do it they can be the top in the conference 
So I think going forward, I, mean, I hope they believe because it's being done. Graduate student Abby Herring says that it was an honor to be part of the historic milestone. Oh, it was awesome. I guess I didn't even realize it until our meeting, but as soon as Coach Roberts announced it, everyone was cheering and really excited. I think in the past five years that I've been here, our team dynamic has just grown exponentially. Leading the way for the thundering herd on the women's side was the duo of Abby Herring and Kylie Maston winning gold in the women's 5K in one mile. Bowen says that the duo of Herring and Maston will have an impactful influence on the team moving forward. You know, I think it's really tough to think something's possible until it happens. Four-minute barrier, like back in the 1950s, people thought it wasn't possible. But then when Roger Bannister did it, a month later, John Landy did it. So once you break those barriers, it becomes possible. And if people believe, you know, amazing things can happen. Like in our team, you know, Abby and Kylie winning, you know, no one ever thought that was possible a couple of years ago, and they just did it. So that's just going to let you know, these younger athletes know, like, hey, I'm doing just as much, if not more, than what they were doing back then. I can be that person you know, here in a few years. Director of track and field cross country Keith Roberts says that the main focus for the team entering the outdoor season is for the athletes to continue to trust the process. Continuing to grow in the area of belief, belief in ability. The talent is there. We just got to keep growing. And, again, it's not like we're not growing. Uh, we definitely are. I think we have some areas outdoor where we have opportunities to get more points based on the strengths of our team. We want to make sure we focus in and those athletes know, hey, this is my opportunity and my turn to put out big numbers for the squad. Marshall Tech of Field now aims to carry on its success from the indoor season into the outdoor season and what has been a season full of milestones when it travels to Charlotte, North Carolina for the Charlotte 49er Classic. For FM88 Sports, I'm Ben Anderson. Thanks, Ben. Marshall Track and Field now prepares for the outdoor season, which starts on March 14th with the Charlotte 49er Classic. After a 2-3 start in the FAU Paradise Classic, Marshall softball traveled up to North Carolina for another five-game series. FM88 Sports' Sean Kelly has more following the ECU Pirate Clash and on what lies ahead for its upcoming series. This past Friday, Marshall softball traveled to Greenville, North Carolina, beginning a five-game series at the East Carolina Pirate Clash with the goal to improve on a shaky start in the Sunshine State. And improve it did. After scoring 19 of its 22 runs in the first three innings of games in the Paradise Classic, timely hitting in the fifth and sixth innings of Game 1 versus the Fairfield Stags gave Marshall the lead and proved to be the difference in the 7-1 victory. The same went for Game 2 of the Friday doubleheader, as the Thundering Herd dug itself out of a two-run hole in the sixth inning against the Longwood Lancers, forcing the game to extra innings and leading to a four-run eighth inning and 6-3 Herd victory. Graduate student catcher Reagan Glanz played in three of five games in this series and said more about the team's hitting adjustments when comparing its performance in the Paradise Classic to the Pirate Clash. I think that opening weekend in Boca Raton, first weekend out, so we were pretty trigger-happy on offense. In Greenville, I think we were a lot more patient at the plate. We saw our pitches, we came up to the plate with an approach, and I think that led to more success. I think we were just a bit more settled in. However, that strong start did not last throughout the entire weekend. Game two of the Saturday doubleheader saw the Thundering Herd face off against the East Carolina Pirates and see a return to the team's weak spots in week one. With that 13-1 loss and the team now 1-3 in the final games of doubleheaders, head coach Morgan Zirkle points to pitching 
as a spot for improvement in doubleheader finales. I think it's just we need to get some more endurance in the pitching circle. And when we are able to have both our pitchers come out strong at the same time and another pitcher step up and throw some solid innings too, we'll be in better shape, I think. As it did in Florida, Marshall rebounded in the final game of its previous series, this time with an 11-2 mercy rule victory against the Fairfield Stags in five innings. This weekend, Marshall travels to Arizona for the final leg of its season-opening road trip, a five-game stretch at the Arizona Hill and Brand Invitational, with the first two games against a Drake Bulldogs team averaging six runs per game and the nationally-ranked Arizona Wildcats averaging nearly eight Coach Zirkel once again points to pitching as the difference maker against these hot offenses. We spend a lot of time scouting and coming up with a plan, but our execution has to be there. And if we say throw it inside, it has to be a ball inside, not just on the plate inside. So working with our pitchers this week to have maybe a different viewpoint of where they're throwing the ball and be able to execute those spots, I think will be able to give us a better chance of winning. Not only are these upcoming matchups important for the team on the field, but also off of it as three members of the Herd's starting lineup, including senior shortstop Sidney Bickle, redshirt sophomore second baseman Brooklyn Ulrich, and junior pitcher and utility Bub Faringa all hail from the Grand Canyon State. I think they're super excited about playing in front of some of their family or old friends and just a great opportunity for them and I think we'll have a lot of Kelly Green in the stands as well even though we'll be farther away. After a 4-1 finish to the ECU Pirate Clash, Herd softball sits in an overall record of 6-4 and four, and will lead things off at the Arizona Hillenbrand Invitational today against the Drake Bulldogs and number 23 nationally ranked Arizona Wildcats. For FM88 Sports, I'm Sean Kelly. Thanks, Sean. Marshall currently playing Drake in a tied 3-3 matchup. Marshall hitting Drake 10-5 as it's in the bottom of the six with no outs. Marshall will also wrap up its Arizona series this weekend with another matchup against Arizona Wildcats, as well as games against the Central Michigan Chippewas, excuse me, Chippewas, and Indiana Hoosers. The Marshall baseball team got its season underway last Friday on the road in Charleston, South Carolina, to face off with the Charleston Cougars in a four-game series. The Thundering Herd got swept by the Cougars in its opening series starting the season 0-4. Marshall's back on the road for the Snowbird Classic that started earlier today. Marshall started off the Classic with its first opponent being the Spartans of Michigan State. Marshall is currently in the bottom of the sixth inning leading 12-3 with the man on second and third really starting to pour it on the Spartans. The Thundering Herd have one more game with the Spartans on Saturday afternoon for its second game of the day. Marshall will face Indiana State prior to its second game with Michigan State earlier on Saturday, and will also face off for its last game of the Classic on Sunday at 1 p.m. That's all the time we have for today's edition of Herd Roundup, the program that recaps the week that was in Marshall Athletics. Join us again next week at 5.30 for another edition of Herd Roundup. For Ben Anderson, Jonathan Edwards, Sean Kelly, Tyler Pittman, and Ray Ryanierson, I'm John Bogus. Have a great rest of your day. Thanks for listening to Herd Roundup. Tune in again next week at 5.30 for the most complete coverage of Thundering Herd Athletics on 88.1 WMUL.
You've been listening to another sports presentation on the Cutting Edge Sports Radio Network.